0: 48 hours from right now, we'll be over at Ballpark Village getting ready for Cardinals opening day against the Toronto Blue Jays. That game at three ten on Thursday. And we'll tell you about all the festivities as we go along here this morning. But right now, we move to the celebrity line and Tim Kirchin of ESPN joins us. Tim with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. This is Randy Carricker. Good morning and happy opening week. How you doing?
2: I'm I'm well, everyone. Everything's great. Favorite week of my life. Can't wait for Thursday.
0: Uh, we can't either, and we want to start with this because we we just do like to be buttered up here in St. Louis. How do you like opening day in St. Louis?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was it's one of the best opening days ever because it's as good a ballpark as there is. As good a. Uh, baseball town as there is it's not as good as when Ozzy Smith used to come out and do a backflip. and for you young people if you never saw that there is no better way to to start a season than watching the greatest defensive player of all time at any position open a season like that tumbling his way it's just the most breathtaking thing loved it
0: I feel like Ozzy is still so much in shape where he could maybe pull that off with a trampoline. Maybe.
2: Uh, he's the greatest, so good.
0: So obviously fans here are so excited to see a new young, what we think, superstar Jordan Walker. He, he made the opening day roster. What have you heard and seen about him?
2: Well, he's gigantic, which I knew he was big. But when you stand right next to him, you don't realize until you're standing right there. This is why all fans need to stand as close to a major league player as they can. They'll have a new appreciation of the size and speed, whatever. And this kid is enormous. I I only did one day with the Cardinals this spring. But he we were sitting beyond the left center the left field fence under one of the tented areas. You guys know what I'm talking about. And he hit a ball like on top of the tent. And we, we determined that he hit it about four hundred and eighty feet, which was no surprise. But um so he's he's a great young kid. He's really bright he knows where he is, he knows what this is all about. There's a worry that he's only, you know, 20 years old. But never forget, Albert Pools was not supposed to make the team that first year. And Tony La Russa told me, the guy just kept getting hits. The guy just kept showing up. And mm-hmm. we just had no choice but to keep him. And then he ended up having a Hall of Fame career. I'm not suggesting Jordan Walker's going to be Albert Pools. I'm just saying that every once in a while, someone comes along and you go, We have to take him with us. Never forget, the the Mariners were not going to take Ken Griffey Jr. with them. Hmm. He he was 19 years old. They said he's too young. They put him up against every difficult left-handed pitcher in in the Cactus League, and he hit every one of them. They didn't have a choice. (laughs) They took him, and he was really good. Maybe the same thing happens
1: with Jordan Walker this first year. Do you think that there's going to be too much pressure on him, and and is there a player comparison that you see Jordan Walker uh, potentially as throughout his entire career?
2: Well, again, at that size, I, I mean, we're not Aaron Judge big, but we're pretty darn close. Um, so that, that maybe that's the comp as far as size goes and everything else. And, no, I don't think there'll be tremendous pressure on him because the, the guys at the corners are two <laughs> of the best players in baseball. Their pitching staff should be very good. These are the St. Louis Cardinals, which we all learned, over the years that no player is bigger than the cardinals brand so he just has to play and i think there'll be plenty of uh, support around him if anything goes wrong paul goldschmidt comes over sits down next to him and says kid let, let me tell you what happened to me in Arizona when I was your age or whatever. That, that's what carries a young player through.
0: ESPN's Tim Kirkton with us on 101 ESPN. And ESPN's going to start the season with an exclusive national broadcast on opening night as the champion Astros will host the White Sox at 6 on ESPN and ESPN Radio. And Roger Clemens is going to be a special guest analyst for the game, joining Carl Ravitch, Eduardo Perez, and Buster Olney on the broadcast. Baseball Tonight will lead into the action with an Astros World Series banner raising ceremony at 5 o'clock on ESPN. Tim, it's been a crazy offseason with what the Padres did and with what the Mets have done, and it looks like a balance of power shift in the National League. The Dodgers lost some guys that have been very important to their success. How do you look at the National League right now?
2: Well, I'm a little confused, I must say. I, I see all six teams that made the playoffs last year making the playoffs again this year. This is obviously it's not gonna happen. Baseball is not that predictable, but I think three teams come out of the East, the the Mets, the Braves and the Phillies. I think the Cardinals win the Central and I think the Padres and the Dodgers Uh, come out of the West and make the playoffs. I think the Padres, at least for now, have passed the Dodgers with what they did and what the Dodgers didn't do. I think the injury to Edwin Diaz of the Mets takes them from what might have been the best team in the National League to now just a really, really good team. It's a wildly competitive National League with six really good teams, including the Cardinals. That's how I see the National League for now and, of course, things will change as the season rolls along.
0: Tim, uh, there are teams out there in the past that have been World Series or bust. I don't think there's there's ever been a World Championship or bust team, and maybe not this year, but in the next two or three years, than the Padres. And you've referenced the contracts that they have coming up that, that are in place right now that will take players into their 40s. It seems to me they better win a World Series with this group.
2: Well, they're gonna have to because uh, I'm not sure there's going to be enough money to go around to you know maybe keep Juan Soto long term at five hundred million and go after Shohei Otani at six hundred million. So they may have to win in the next couple years with what they have now. but i I really liked what I saw from the Padres this spring. Um, they have a great manager in Bob Melvin who can deal with all sorts of diverse personalities and they sure have that those on that team starting pitching is good elite closer and the top five in that order is going to be devastating if of course fernando tatis jr comes back from his uh, suspension he does all and says all the right things which i think he will and he learns how to play right field because he's not a shortstop he's not a center fielder he's a right fielder now and it'll be real interesting to see how he does. But that's a really good team when everything runs properly.
0: Well, also with the Cardinals, it looks like offense, you would think, going into the season is going to do really well. MLB.com recently listed St. Louis as having the fourth best offense going into the season in the league. Do you personally project them going higher or lower than that? What would you put them?
2: Um, I think the Cardinals will be slightly better than last year. Uh, again, Jordan Walker could have something to do with that. I think Tyler O'Neal's return, I saw him in the WBC, had a nice chat with him. He's in even better shape than he was last year, if that is possible. Um, yeah, and you got to think Jack Flaherty is going to give him a whole lot more than he gave him last year. Let's hope he can hold up. Um, I mean, I I think the Cardinals are going to win the division. And as much as I love that Brewers top of the rotation – As much as I like what the Cubs have done, I think the Cardinals are the team to beat, and I think they win more games than they did last
1: year. Now, Tim, I think I consider you a baseball historian. You've seen many things. You know many things about the game. I feel like that moment a couple of weeks ago with with the World Baseball Classic with Otani and Trout was one of the best baseball moments in recent baseball history. Um, How frustrating is it that you don't get to see those two in playoff atmospheres, not being able to have those moments for the entire country to see when it really counts for for, for their respective team.
2: Yeah, it's frustrating because Otani is the best player in baseball. I'm not sure there's a way around that. He threw the hardest pitch <laughs> at the WBC, and the hardest hit ball was hit by Otani. There's never <laughs> been anybody that could ever make that claim. So he's the best player. Trout, to me, is still the second-best player, and they're on the same team. Now, I will tell you, I saw the Angels at length this spring, and you can make a case that they can make the playoffs if, if Trout is healthy for 145 games. So is Anthony Rendon third. Otani has the same year he's had the last two, and a few other things work out. Um, look, baseball is a star driven game. And if we can see more of those guys, please bring it on.
0: Hey, Tim, as we wrap up here, obviously the rules changes are going to shorten games and they're going to increase the the pace of the game. But in terms of wins and losses, what do you think the most significant rules change is that that will affect the competitiveness of the sport? Well,
2: I'm fascinated to see what the shift is going to do. I know I saw Max Muncie of the Dodgers, you know, uh, maybe halfway through spring training. And I was told he's had five hits this year, this spring, that would have been out last year. And I think that's really good for the game. We have lost the value of the hit in today's game. We have We've cared only about home runs, walks, and strikeouts in the last few years, and it's, it's just gotten too much. We need to bring back the value of the hit, and I think the shift is going to do that. So more and more guys are going to say, hey, I can hit a hard ground ball up the middle and get a hit here. I can hit a hard ground ball to the right of the first baseman and get a hit here, that's what I think is going to be the biggest change is that maybe the, the league batting average is going to go from 243 to over 250, thank goodness, and we're going to get a return to you know more balls in play, more first and third, more steals, that type of thing. That's
1: the hope for me. Tim, you, said, you just said Otani is the best player, had the hardest hit ball through the hardest pitch. How much is he worth?
2: Well, I think the conversation is going to begin – at five hundred million, and I think it's going to go to five fifty. And if it got to six hundred, I would not be. Not his athletic nature, given just how he's unique. We've never seen anybody like him. And there are going to be teams that are going to be bidding: Dodgers, Mets, and uh, certainly the Angels. And the Angels people, I think, really believe they have a chance to keep him. His comfort level. And, uh, is really important to him, and I think he's very comfortable with the angels, but again, We'll be talking about this virtually every day of the season. What's going to happen next with this guy, and it's going to be a fascinating free agent process.
0: And Tim, the Angels are here in town in St. Louis on May second, third, and fourth. So I'm sure those games will be sold out, and we'll get an opportunity to see a guy. The way I look at it, and I'm sure you've heard this comp, he's as good as Scherzer, who's making forty three million, and he's as good a hitter as Harper, who's making twenty five. So that's that's sixty eight million right there.
2: Yeah. So if he. <laughs> If he gets $60 million a year for 10 years, that's $600 million. And he's still only 38 years old. But uh, it's just absurd money. But if anyone's going to get absurd money, it's this guy because he is an absurd player. And he risked it all to go to the WBC. And he didn't just play. He played as hard as he could. He played exceptionally well, which is just another reason why he's the great player that he is.
0: Tim Kirkson, we're looking forward to another season of you on ESPN Baseball, starting with the Astros and White Sox at 6 o'clock on opening night on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for the time, and as the season unfolds, I'm sure that we'll visit again.
2: Okay, thanks so much. See you.
0: Thanks, Tim. Tim Kirkson, ESPN, with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN.